episode 43, how to protect yourself from negative people and situations. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I wanna share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. So I took myself out on a date a few weeks ago in Manhattan, and this is how you get the party lit on a Friday night when you're a life coach. I went to a pretty upscale restaurant, I sat at the bar, I ordered dinner, I was enjoying a glass of Pinot Noir while I had my journal out at the bar, just doing some writing and some brainstorming for future podcast topics, when a woman came and sat down next to me. And it was very obvious within about the first 30 seconds of conversation that she wasn't so much looking to connect, as she was looking for someone to commiserate with. Because within about three minutes, I had a good overview on every problem and everything that was wrong in her life. Have you ever met people like this where you ask them how they're doing and then it's almost like you're having a conversation with Eeyore? Like the sun never shines on their streets. And she started out by telling me that she enjoys writing because she saw me journaling, that she had left her corporate job to become a writer, but she wasn't having any luck getting her manuscripts published, that she wanted to go back to the corporate job, but she was in her late 50s and felt she was being age discriminated against. And then we took a right-hand turn over into the love life discussion on how there's no good men in Manhattan and that everybody is either taken or they're looking to cheat on their wives so they're not serious about the commitment. And then of course the negativity train pulled into the final stop, which it often does when you look at the overall mood of the United States right now with the political discussion. What was fascinating is this woman did not want to put in any effort to change the circumstances circumstances of her life. She felt it was useless to even try because according to her, the whole world was going to end in two years because Donald Trump was going to get us nuked before he left office. So why should she even bother and why should she care? super empowering way to look at life and look at the world, right? Now, of course, my first instinct in these situations is to want to jump in and coach people, but I was not on the clock. I was not working. And I also realized that people socially don't always want someone to solve their problems. They just want someone to listen. So I did the best I could to hold space for her, but without meaning her at the level of negativity. I didn't want to engage in discussing all the problems she had and why it was so terrible or why the United States is doomed. And you could tell she was getting really flustered that I wouldn't do that. So she took a big swig of her bourbon and she's like, but don't you watch the news? Aren't you outraged by what's going on? And the truth of the matter is, yes, I'm a human being with a lot of empathy. And it really hurts me when I look at the treatment right now of women and trauma survivors and immigrants in this country, children of immigrants in this country. But I also recognize that my job is to be responsible for the energy I bring into every situation. And I'm a person who likes to acknowledge problems, but stay focused on the solutions and how can I be generative in some way to make a difference in the world. So the lady I'm talking to, though, was having none of that, as I explained it to her. She eventually got her check and left. And here's what's interesting. As she walked away, all of a sudden I noticed my energy felt a little bit off. 
I wasn't feeling creative. I had to put my journal away. And it really affected my mood. Now, I'm deep enough into my own practice where I've got some tools to reset and help shake off negative energy whenever I can. But it's such an important discussion now more than ever because the whole point of the story is not so much to talk about a random lady who sat next to me at a bar. We all know people in our life who have got that negative sky is falling energy. You see them in the office. You've heard me joke before. Every office anywhere in America has Larry in accounting, who's the one person who's just been there in the job for like 30 years, but been there for about 15 years too long, takes 17 smoke breaks a day, hangs around the coffee machine because he's looking for a reason not to do his work. And every time you ask him, Hey, Larry, how you doing? He's like, be doing better if this company didn't suck. You know who it is, right? You might even be Larry in accounting if you hate your job. I know I was at one point. But we can have family members, you know, particularly if you're on opposite sides of the political spectrum. So there can be a lot of that negative energy that goes on within families. And it can sometimes be your friends. Do you have that one needy friend who's always in crisis and is calling you because they need you to listen to them unload? all the time. And on top of it, it almost feels harder to escape because when you watch the news right now, it's generally all doom and gloom in the headlines and that's carried over to social media. So every time you log on Facebook or Instagram, there's usually something for people to be outraged about. And I don't want to say that we should be Pollyanna and ignore the problems in the world, but we need to be mindful of our energy and not let all the circumstances outside of ourselves dictate our internal world and our level of energy and joy and happiness that we bring into the room whenever we're out. And this is a particularly important topic for those of you who listen to this podcast because you have a big dream in your life. You're looking to start your own business or maybe you want to make a huge career shift. Maybe you have a creative endeavor that you want to bring to the world because if you're going to be at the mercy of negative people and their opinions and their thinking, you're never going to make that change in your life. So many people are waiting for family members to give them a thumbs up to go start a business or you're waiting for your spouse to say it's okay to quit your job and every time you're hearing them poo-poo your idea with why it doesn't work, it's just going to keep you stuck for another year or so. So I want to have a conversation today to discuss, hey, what are the real life consequences that happen when you surround yourself with negative people and negative situations and B, what are five strategies to help you protect your energy? set a boundary, and bring your best self to the world. We're talking about how to protect your energy from negative people and situations this week on Life Amplified. So the first question is, why is it so easy for us to always focus on the negative? Maybe you've seen this situation in your life where if you're a parent, you put your child to bed and you watch them sleeping and you look at them and they're like, you're so beautiful. This human being is so perfect. I'm so happy that I've created this person and that I'm raising them, you know, to be a beautiful human being in the world. And then within two seconds, your brain skips to what would I do if something ever happened to them? You ever notice that, that it's really hard sometimes to stay in joy. You immediately go to the threat. Now, I'm not a parent, but I do the same thing. I've got like a 16 year old arthritic lab who's been with me forever and she is my daughter in many ways and she's really declining in health so every time I'm like you know petting her or snuggling her then I start thinking about oh god she's not going to be here much longer (laughs) so it's the same reason why when you're driving down the road and you see an accident you absolutely rubberneck you want to 
focus on what happened. What was the accident? Is somebody dead? Is there a threat in the environment? And the answer to why we do this is actually rooted in our biology. Uh, this is very well publicized. You can look up the concept online, but our brain comes automatically factory installed with a negativity bias. The first thing you need to understand if you're serious about going on a personal growth path and changing your life is that your brain is not designed to make you happy. I mean, from an evolutionary perspective, it's simply a survival tool. Your brain, and in particular, the two almond-shaped clusters on either side called the amygdala, are there to look for threats in the environment. And it was super helpful back in the caveman days when you might be eaten by something higher up the food chain than you when you left your cave. But you also realize that here we are at the end of 2018, we've got a lot of ways to protect ourselves right now. We have homes with walls and locks. We have police officers who keep us safe. We have concealed weapons laws. We have all sorts of ways that we can avoid a threat on the street, yet the brain is always going to look for the threat. Even some of the imagined ones. This is why so many people will stay stuck in a mind-numbing, soul-sucking job because the brain has to invent a new threat. Well, what happens if I lose everything? Will my family abandon me? What if I go broke? What if I fail? So even if there's no threat in the environment, the brain will make something up because that's really its ultimate job. So it becomes your responsibility to be the director of where your brain goes. You have to consciously, moment by moment in your life, be directing your focus on things that serve you. Otherwise, the brain's just gonna go back to its default setting, which is to look for things to be scared about. And if you're living in that hypervigilance, if you're living in fight or flight all the time, there are serious consequences that are going to happen. When you're in fight or flight is when there's that chemical release of cortisol. It's the adrenaline that leaks out into the body that helps you run away from the threat. It also slows down non-necessary functions in that moment in your body, namely the immune system, so that your body can conserve energy to flee if it needs to. But over time, if you're living in that stress response constantly, it will wear down your immune system. It will lead to cardiovascular disease. Eventually, it could lead to cancer or all sorts of other maladies and diseases that we see. And because your brain is really looking to feel safe, it's probably going to direct you to do one of two things. You're either going to surround yourself with other people living in that stress response so you can build connection and feel community and feel that power of the tribe. Or if whatever it is that you're scared of seems so overwhelming that the threat is inescapable, you're going to shut down and isolate yourself from people. The isolation pattern is one of the biggest things I see that holds people back in their life. And this is coming up with so many clients. And as I've done more deep work on myself over the past six months, I realized that there's all sorts of ways that I isolate and I can almost rationalize it. I can bury myself in more work and focus here just on the podcast or serving my clients is a way to not go out and face a risk, which for me was putting myself back out on the dating scene or connecting with other people. So the brain can find tricky ways to justify it. But at the end of the day, it's still an isolation pattern and it's keeping you from 
either surrounding yourself with people or surrounding yourself with people that are going to uplift you to become the best version of yourself. Now, here's another consequence of surrounding yourself with negative people and negative environments. You will end up living in a state of blame. Like that woman who was sitting next to me at the bar that night, she wanted to blame the political system on why she wasn't taking more bold action to get her writing into the world. She wanted to blame the president for why she's not dating. And there are plenty of things that we can blame the government for right now. I'm not arguing that at all, but at some point you've got to take personal responsibility for your life. Because if you're blaming everybody else, if that's where your focus is, you're taking your power away to look inward to say, how can I show up differently? How can I take new action that's going to get a new result from what I've already had? And the other problem with blame, whether it be with your spouse, your co-workers, your family, eventually blame is going to create tension in relationships, which is just going to add more negativity. It's like the icing on the negativity cake. So blame ultimately is a low-level coping mechanism that gives you nothing. And finally, one other big consequence of surrounding yourself with negative people, again, using that example of the woman at the bar, it creates a situation of hopelessness. You become so overwhelmed and the threat feels so big that eventually you just say, well, why should I even try anymore? And then you stay stuck. It's almost like you're in quicksand and you feel yourself drowning. And certainly if there's one way to create a self-fulfilling prophecy that things in your life won't change is if you quit taking new action. So this is about taking your power back, really placing yourself in an environment where you're going to thrive and taking responsibility for your attitude no matter what is going on in the situation behind you. So here we go. Here are my best five strategies to help you protect yourself from negative people and situations. Number one, you've got to become more mindful about the content that you are consuming in your life. So many of my clients, particularly in the aftermath of the 2016 election, were feeling so stressed out about the state of the world that for some of them, I made them go on a seven-day news cleanse where they couldn't watch all their regular news programming on cable TV. And this isn't about just sticking your head in the sand and not being an informed citizen. I think you should go once a day and find whatever websites you find to be the most reputable or reliable, preferably multiple websites that give you opposing views, and then you can decide what is true for you. However, if you think about the way news has changed over the last 20 years, we've really replaced the evening newscast where people give you an objective view of what's going on in the world into this outrage culture where you have all these talking heads and pundits who are there to create conflict and there to argue over top of one another. And really what we've done is replace people's opinions with news in many situations. People are just arguing. Nobody's coming together to meet in the middle to find solutions for anything. So what I found with my clients is if they go on a seven-day news cleanse, many of them feel better. When they're not waking up watching either Fox and Friends or Morning Joe, and they're feeding themselves with more inspiring content, a podcast, for instance, a TED Talk, what it does is it really helps them start their day 
day in a more positive way, and those effects carry over when they get into the office. And I want to stress and be clear with you that my advocating a news cleanse is not trying to be Pollyanna and not telling you that with, you know, some important elections coming up in the United States that you shouldn't be informed, but you want to be clear on what is factual and what is simply other people's opinions so that you are not swayed by them. You know, this is about helping you connect back to yourself. Facebook did an experiment in 2014 on this topic. Now, you can argue about how ethical it was for them to do this experiment, but they did a study with Cornell University, and they took about 750,000 users and manipulated the data that showed up in their newsfeed. For some people, they showed them all the negative posts that were showing up on social media from their friends. And then for the rest of the people, they showed them all positive posts. Viral videos, puppies, cats, US servicemen came home to surprise their daughter on their wedding day. And what they noticed is that the content that was consumed in the newsfeed directly correlated to what kind of content that the user was posting. The people who were consuming negative content and living in the negative energy were making more negative slanted posts. The people who were consuming uplifting content generally were posting more uplifting things on their feed. So think of it as almost going on a diet in your body. If you're putting garbage food into your body, you're not going to feel good. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel lethargic if you were just living solely off fast food every day. But if you're somebody who's doing a juice cleanse, if you're eating a lot of vegetables, if you're eating a balanced diet, you tend to feel better. But we need to value our emotional health the same way that we do our physical health. As you're really consuming content over the next seven days, whether it be on social media, whether it be on television, ask yourself. How does this content make me feel right now? Does it make me feel anxious? Does it make me feel nervous? Or does this inspire me? Does this make me inspired to go out and make a change, to get involved in my community? And then from there, you can start to make some decisions about what content you want to keep around and what you want to slow down on. And this is not just about news. You know, I was talking to my good friend Megan Riley, who was on the podcast uh, several weeks ago, and we were talking about this topic in particular. And she said for her, when she was binge watching House of Cards, the TV show, she began to notice that all of a sudden she became very attuned to conspiracies or whether people were backstabbing her. So even some of just the fictional content that we consume can affect our mood. I used to fall asleep many years ago watching murder investigation shows. I love me some forensic files late at night on headline news. But if I fell asleep on the couch, I was noticing that I started dreaming about the murder investigations that were happening on the TV even though I wasn't consciously awake. And obviously, that was affecting the quality of my sleep and probably affecting the energy that I woke up with the next day. So we want to be very careful about what content we're consuming and be very in tune with how it makes us feel. The second step if you're looking to protect your energy from negative people and situations is to be mindful of your physiology. If you are in a bad mood, if you're coming out of a meeting with somebody where you feel really negative, how you move your body is so vital. One of the best ways to change your emotional state is to make a massive change in your physiology. So this could look like exercise. It could be getting on an elliptical or a Stairmaster or a treadmill. It could just be shutting the door in your office and dancing 
dancing for two minutes. And I know that that sounds ridiculous. Actually, one of my Facebook friends who is a coach was having a really bad day. So she went on Instagram Live and literally just talked about her bad day and then danced it out to music for two minutes. And at the end, she felt way better. That's not my method of choice. I tend to be a terrible dancer, but maybe that is something that could work for you. And if all else fails, one of the things that you could do is practice power poses. And when we talk about this, I'm talking about like the Superman or Wonder Woman pose. You know, your fists on both sides, shoulders back, standing up, or a victory pose. You know, arms up in the air as if you just caught the winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. If you can hold that pose for two minutes, there is science and data to say that it increases the testosterone level in your body by 25%. And you'll notice that your mood starts to alter. So physiology is vital when we're talking about snapping out of a bad mood or changing your physical state. The third step to protect yourself from negative people and negative situations is to focus on self-regulation. How are you taking care of yourself? Are you sleeping enough at night? The day I'm recording this, it's actually World Mental Health Day, and I got into an interesting Facebook conversation with somebody who told me that mental health and emotional health are two separate things. And I actually agree with that. I think that mental health is more about how your brain works, but emotional health so often ties into mental health. We know that lack of sleep and sleep deprivation can really lead to increased anxiety and depression in people. But what what dictates the quality of your sleep? It's usually the emotions that you're feeling before bed. If you're feeling angry, if you're feeling resentful and you haven't like had a tough conversation with somebody, you'll be restless, you're rolling around, you know, your sleep patterns are interrupted and over time that is going to lead to mental health symptoms. So the two are totally interlaced here and we want to focus on how you're taking care of your body. So certainly at least seven hours of sleep a night I think is vital. I think drinking a ton of water and staying hydrated is essential for your body. I went on a challenge a few months ago where I was trying to drink half my body weight in ounces of water each day. So I was pretty much taking a huge gallon of water and drinking one a day. Not only did I feel better, I just noticed in photos, I looked like I was glowing. My skin looked great. I looked younger. And then all of a sudden, I started going back to not drinking the water and drinking diet soda just because I would be out and it'd be all that I could find in a vending machine. And then I would start to notice a difference there as well. So sleeping and hydration might seem cliche to you, but two vital components to taking care of yourself. But let's talk more about your emotional well-being, a prayer or meditation practice, perhaps working in both into your life. So vital. Deepak Chopra is the one that says prayer is talking to God, meditation is listening to God. And if the idea of God is triggering for you, I would still say journaling is a way to connect to your emotional body and really feel some of those repressed feelings. A positive event journal is so important. You know, just focus focusing on what you're grateful for that day. Again, you have to consciously direct your mind where you want it to go, and what sucks in your life will always be available to you, but if you really focus, the good things in your life will be available to you also. And it could be as simple as the smile of a child that you saw on the street. It could be as great as the compliment or the recognition that you received at work or a positive conversation that you had with a friend that you hadn't talked to in forever. But we want to keep that positive event journal and try to write down five things each day that you're grateful for. It's a great way just to kind of 
have some positive mojo going as you fall asleep at night. And finally, one of the other great self-regulation tools that I recommend is scheduling time for enjoyable activities for yourself. So often, I talk to clients who get caught up in taking the kids to school or to athletic events, or they're there taking care of things at work, staying late in the office, that what is the last time you really scheduled something that you love to do? You know, I recently took myself on a uh, theater date weekend, and I saw like three Broadway plays in two days just to feed myself creatively, and it felt amazing to do that. I felt really inspired. I felt really upbeat when it was all over. For you, it might be time in nature. I know we're getting ready to head into skiing and snowboarding season for a lot of my friends up north. And for those of you living in warmer clients near the water, what a great time to take advantage of the beaches and just to be out and relax and connect to nature. Whatever your thing is, make time for it. Schedule that in. Very important for self-regulation. And the next point we're going to talk about is number four. If you really want to protect your energy from negative people and situations, we have got to have a discussion about who you're co-regulating with. Who are the people you're spending the most time with? Because we know in personal development, it's one of the quotes that we've talked about over and over, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And this is why environment is so important. You know, I can do work with clients, uh, you know, to help them change their thoughts and their beliefs. But what really makes it real out in the real world is the environment that you're in. Think about some of the stories that we've seen in the news here in 2018. Somebody like Demi Lovato, who is just immensely talented and an incredible artist, but falling off the wagon and slipping back into addiction. My guess is, is she was spending some time and hanging out in environments where there were drugs, where there wasn't a sober environment, and that can wear on you after a while. So for Demi moving forward, I'm sure a big part of her recovery is going to be putting herself in environments that are going to promote sobriety. And the same thing is true for you. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur, Maybe you're somebody out there that wants to start your own business. If you are surrounding yourself with people who are still stuck to the IV drip of corporate America and think that you need a job over an income, it's going to be hard for you to cut the cord and make that change. If you want to get healthy and have a healthier physical body, you need to spend time with the people who are hanging out at the gyms or the yoga studios and not the people that want to eat pizza and wings every night. You got to place yourself in the environment that is going to set you up for success. So a great thing to journal about or be mindful about this week are who are truly the five people I spend the most time with. A lot of times we think it's our family, but if you spend the majority of your days at work, be mindful. Who who are those co-workers you're spending time with? Are they the positive, upbeat people? Or are they the ones who are always bitching and find something wrong in the office? What about your friends? Are they on the same personal growth path as you? Do you have people in your life that you can exchange podcast recommendations with or go see an inspiring speaker or start a book club with? Or are they the people living your old life? who still want to go out and party, who still don't have that sense of purpose. They're not connected to something bigger than themselves. And then we got to talk about where can you go to find those people. And by the way, the people who aren't on your path, they're not wrong 
They're not bad people. There's nothing there you should judge them for. You want to bless them mentally and just realize that you're going in different directions. So it doesn't mean you never can speak to them again, but we got to get clear on where are those people that are going to uplift you? Where are they hanging out at? Is it a yoga studio? Is it a gym? Are they working for a political campaign in the area? Are they on the school board? But placing yourself in a space where you're surrounded by people who value what you value. And finally, that brings us to our fifth and final step. If you want to protect yourself from negative people and negative situations, you've got to be willing to take inspired new action in your life. And I want to be clear here, and I want you to really hear me on this, that when I talk about all the negativity and the outrage on the news coverage right now, I'm not saying that the anger about some of the things happening in our country on both sides, and this applies whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or even an Independent, the outrage may very well be justified. But we can't just continue to live at the level of blaming people, like we discussed earlier, and talking about the problems. At some point, you have got to take whatever you see in the world as a problem or in your own life and be generative and start thinking of solutions. And even if the solution that you're taking isn't the perfect action, it's still going to move you forward. It's going to get you unstuck. There's so many people out there that are scared of making the wrong decision that they're not making any at all. When in fact, a wrong decision is still going to get you on the fast track quicker than staying in inertia. You know, we know from laws of physics, an object in motion stays in motion, an object at rest tends to stay at rest. So how can you get out there and make a committed new decision? If the dating apps that you're using aren't finding the person of your dreams, where could you go besides a dating app? What are the places that you could go to be surrounded by the people who believe in what you believe? If your career isn't going the way that you want, it's time to get clear. What are my gifts? What are the things that light me up? What is the work that is going to make me feel fulfilled and bring meaning to my life? And for the problems that you see in the United States right now politically, how can I get involved and be part of the solution? How can I help someone else in pain? And maybe that's by exercising your right to vote. You could start a voter registration drive. You could donate time or money to the candidates that you believe in. If you want to lose weight and the current diet or exercise plan that you're not on isn't working, how do you find a personal trainer? What is the bold new action that you could take that is going to help you generate results? And if you find yourself confused and unsure about what that is, find a coach, find a mentor, find somebody in your life who has already solved the problem that you have and ask them for help. So those are my five steps. If you want to protect yourself from negative people and situations, number one, be mindful this week about the content that you are consuming. Remember, garbage in, garbage out. So really pay attention to what you're watching most often and how it makes you feel and then start to make some changes from there. Number two, physiology. Moving your body, more exercise, could be dancing, could be those power poses we discussed, but the most radical way to change your emotional state quickly is to change your physiology. Number three, let's talk about self-regulation. How are you taking care of yourself? Are you sleeping enough? Are you drinking enough water? What is your diet? And what is your emotional and spiritual connection? You know, are you praying, meditating, journaling? What is the activity that works for you? I was just talking to a client this morning 
morning, who started working sketching and drawing into her morning practice. Uh, she's very artistic, and you know what? Creativity is a spiritual practice for many people. So if that is your thing, run with it, but find a routine each day that connects you to your physical body, but also to your emotional and spiritual self. Number four, co-regulation. Let's take inventory of the people you're spending the most time with, lessen the amount that you're spending with the negative people, and surround yourself with more people who believe what you believe. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur out there, there are so many organizations and networking opportunities for other people on the same path as you, and you have got to be with those people. That was so vital to me sticking it out through the lean times in my business and being here with you today. And finally, taking inspired new action and remembering that sometimes the wrong decision is still better than no decision at all. If you could use some help on this, if you need some mentorship from somebody to help you get clear on what your next right step is, 2019 is right around the corner. I've got so many clients who started with me this time last year who've left the corporate soul-sucking job. They have started their own business. I mean, I've got clients who started with me three months ago who have now officially filed their LLCs and they're getting their businesses started. I've got people who found new careers but in a meaningful corporate role that really fulfills them and provides meaning to their life. You know, I've even got the client who started with me last year who started dating somebody within two weeks of us getting clear on who her ideal partner was and they just got married a couple months ago. So, so many success stories. And look, I'd love to take credit for it and say it's about me, but it's really not. It's about you showing up, doing the work and asking for help, allowing yourself to receive extraordinary support. So, I got two ways for us to work together. If it's something that you're interested in, you can go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. You can apply for one of my VIP one-on-one programs. Or if you want to come spend two days with me one-on-one in Orlando, Florida, so we can do an intensive together, we can sit down and get clear on what it is you want to create in your life and build out a specific action plan to speed up those results. I got an awesome opportunity for that. Again, all you have to do is fill out an application right now at my website. We'll talk about both those opportunities. You can schedule a complimentary 30-minute discovery call with me. But my great wish is for 2019 to be the year you stop talking about the change and actually create it. More joy, more abundance, more money, more happiness, more love, more connection, ultimately more purpose. It would be my great honor to serve you. If you're loving this content today, don't forget you can screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. You can tag me at CSC Dan Mason. And we've talked about who are you co-regulating with? Where can you find a positive community of people who believe what you believe? We got an awesome Facebook group of incredible people from all corners of the globe. You can find us on Facebook and join today. We got a link for that in the show notes. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. It is always a privilege to serve you. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.